What's up, party people? This is Ian Lenhart coming at you from Miami, Florida to let you know that it is a damn good day to have a damn good day. And the message of the day is go out and get some nature. If you're not getting your nature, you got to go get your fix. I just recently came back from Wyoming to go camping with the boys, and it was incredible just to be surrounded by nothing but trees, birds, and looking out in the sky and just seeing endless stars, the Milky Way galaxy, pulling out that app on your phone that lets you see the stars and tells you what it is. It was incredible. It was so healing to my soul, to just my being. It felt so natural. I feel we as humans were meant to be out in the wilderness, meant to be under the stars and experiencing life. For anybody that hasn't enjoyed walking outside, going on a hike, or if you're gonna do it, go camping. It is outstanding, unbelievably healing. And one thing that I find very interesting is it's just so hard to disconnect from technology these days. I have my phone on me 24 seven. And when I hear that ding, Len Jones comes and checks it out. But when you're out in the woods and you're out in nature and you don't have cell phone service, nothing matters anymore. You're thinking about what can I do around the camp? What can I do to you know, feed myself? You start figuring out new ways to cook. You start programming different neural pathways to get stuff done. It's so healing. It's so good for you. So this message of the day is book your trip to Colorado, book your trip to the middle of nowhere, grab some friends and send it. Make sure you have enough water though, because you know, can't be can't be having that. And I'm super excited about today's episode. I am speaking to one of the goats, the greatest of all time in the chiropractic field. We're talking about my buddy Josh Levine. And Josh is an outstanding chiropractor. I actually found him through my friend Chase Bosworth, who recommended Josh because Josh basically helped him with his back problems and some issues he was having in his neck. So I was skeptical. I was like, I'm not going to do it. But next thing you know, I check it out. I go see Josh. He puts me on a plan. And I was having back issues. For you guys that are aware, I had a tumor in my leg. I also had bulging discs in the uh, my lower back, and that was causing a lot of problems. Josh was outstanding. He was able to adjust my neck, adjust my back in the way that the x-ray showed. He just did a, a fantastic job. I've seen many different chiropractors in my life. No one has compared to the precision, the skill, the kindness, and the passion that Josh has experienced. So on this episode, we discuss things like how to allow your body to heal itself. Amazing how this, this goes down. I can't wait for you to see. An overview of chiropractic care and if it makes sense for you. And lastly, how to avoid common injuries. All of these things are so important and so vital that this podcast is going to blow your mind away. As always, you can view this episode live on YouTube. We recorded it in his office. I'm not going to lie. It's fantastic. So without further ado, episode 119 with Josh Levine. Let's jump into it. We're live. We're in the building with Josh, a.k.a. the Miracle Back Sculptor. Great to see you, man. Great to see you, man. I'm so excited to be here in the office where you treated me and was able to help me with my back conditions and uh, just all the pain and agony and stuff that went through that. And for you to be here right now on the podcast, able to teach everyone how we did it. I'm so excited. Yeah. So thank you so much for having me. Thank you for having me. Appreciate and it, it. And it's interesting because I wasn't going to see you. We became friends through our friend Chase. Yep. 
And we just went off, got some beers together. We started throwing axes. We, we did the axe throwing thing. Yeah, we, we, were, we were instantly friends. We connected through our good friend, Chase Bosworth. Shout out. Absolutely. And Chase, I was hanging out with Chase and Ari. And Chase was saying that he has like crazy back problems. And Ari was saying she has unbelievable back problems. And she's like, you got to see Josh. And I'm over here like, listen, I've seen, I've seen a lot of different chiropractors. A lot of chiropractors are my friends. I've gotten the back cracks, you know, like crack, 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 like, and it hasn't done anything and it hasn't been better and it hasn't helped me. And I was just very skeptical. So when they said, no, you don't understand that he does something with the neck and you got to just go. I was like, fine, fine. I went and it has been life changing. We made a plan on this computer about how to get my own back into play. And yeah. now what is has was it been like three months? It's been like four. Four months. Four months. And what exactly was wrong with me? So there is there definitely was the problem that you had with your sciatica. So you had that um mass that was sitting on the nerve. So that was a huge problem and that had to be addressed. But what you also had was a misalignment of not only your pelvis, so like your sacrum and your ilium, but you had a misalignment of like your whole body. So everything was shifted over top of your sacrum. So your head and neck were out of position, your shoulders, your hips, and then all of that added up and it broke down the joints and the discs that were in your back. And then that's what created that pressure on those nerves in your back. So we had to go to the beginning and not just treat your back, but treat your body as a whole. And I think that's what a lot of doctors miss. They don't treat your body as a whole, they just treat the condition or the symptom. Like you have pain in your leg, Let's treat the pain in your leg, put a shot in your back, or give you a pill that's going to correct the symptom, but not actually correct the cause. And that's more of what we did. And it was interesting because when I was hanging out with you, when we first, like, I was laying on the uh, the desk and or you put me on the table and you're like, yo, relax, relax. I was laying down and my neck, you're, you put me in this weird position. You're like, listen, I'm going to touch your neck and you're going to think I did nothing. And I did think you did nothing but you're like no what we just did was we aligned your atlas or something along those lines yeah what, what was that thing you did but first off when you do it you know you guys you get into like the most athletic position like it is some art it's like kung fu it is kung, it's fu. Like kung fu it was crazy yeah but what's going on in there so what we did is we did an x-ray analysis of your your spine and your neck and this technique it's like the most specific technique in chiropractic that exists. There's only really like 280 people in the world that know how to do this adjustment. Probably 99% of chiropractors have no idea what we do. So, and, that, and that's called NUCA. NUCA. What does NUCA stand for? It's a National Upper Cervical Chiropractic Association. Amazing. Yeah. So through the x-ray analysis, we're able to determine in three dimensions, we measure everything to a hundredth of a degree through computer analysis. We're able to determine exactly how the bone shifted the atlas bone, the one that controls really everything in your body because that bone surrounds the bottom of your brainstem. So if that's off, that can throw the positioning of your whole body off. So through the x-ray analysis, we could determine exactly how to shift that bone back into position. And then once we actually make the correction, which is super light, like you just described, kind of like voodoo, it's not really voodoo, <laughs> but we correct that misalignment. And then as we correct that misalignment, your body's restored back to balance, and then we can actually measure it on the x-ray. It's different than what anybody else is doing because they're not measuring it directly after they do the adjustment. 
to make sure that they made a correction. And that's the big thing that I've noticed when I go to chiropractors. Oh yeah, you gotta give me that matcha. Yeah, yeah give me that matcha, bro. Is, oh, this thing is warm and uh, shout out matcha. But so when I go to chiropractors, like a lot of the time you get in there and they put you on their back and you do the left crack, the right crack, and then they do the neck thing. And the neck thing's kind of sketchy. If you've never been cracked in the neck, you know, you hear this, like you assume you're just about to break your neck and die, but that's not the case. But what you taught me was like, no, a lot of people go in and do that because it feels like they're doing something. But with the Nuka method, number one, it's a lot more invasive in the fact that you have to do these x-rays, right? And that could be a turnoff for some people. But the amount of radiation you get in an x-ray is what, like one two fiftieth of an MRI? And you could walk through the airport and you'll probably get more walking through the airport than you would in the three films that we do. So then you do these x-rays, you get a full body from the neck down, you look at it and you're looking at the x-ray while you're doing the adjustment. So you only end up doing maybe one or two adjustments on me and that's all I needed. Yeah, so typically what most chiropractors do, and it's very, very helpful, like it helps the majority of people, probably like 80% of people do really, really well with it. They'll just mobilize everything. And it's done very specifically most of the time, like they'll find exactly how the bones misaligned and adjusted, but some some don't, like some don't even take x-rays. I don't know how you would know which way the bone went if you can't actually visualize it or see it. Like, I don't have x-ray vision. I can't see how your body's misaligned. Like, I would actually need an x-ray for that. And then once you have the x-ray, you can actually go in, find the bone that's misaligned, and then bring it back to the exact position that it needs to be, as opposed to just moving everything and kind of hoping that it goes back into place what's and you the, hit the right thing. What's the difference between like an x-ray and an MRI in terms of like what you see behind the, behind the film? Yeah, so x-ray just shows the actual bone. Um, you can see the space between the bone, which is where the discs are. So if you have bones that are twisted and compressed and they're compressing a disc space, then that'll actually break down that nerve. So we can see where there is nerve pressure based off of the x-ray and how the bones are misaligned. We just can't see the actual disc itself. Like we can't see where the disc is compressed on like which side, but we can definitely see where it shifted and how it shifted and how to actually get it corrected. Like MRI just tells you there's a problem. It doesn't tell you how to correct it. Got it. So do you, would you recommend having a combination of the two? Absolutely. So we do in the office, like sometimes we'll do an x-ray and then we'll actually see where the misalignment is, how to correct it. And then we get the MRI too, just to make sure it's safe, to make sure that, you know, we're not going to hurt somebody. That makes sense. And, and I'm interested in how you get into this path because I, when I'm at your table, first off, this institution is fantastic. If you're in South Florida, you got to check out the Friends and Family Spinal Care Center. The front desk ladies, they're amazing all the way down to your staff. I just, I drive an hour to see you twice a week uh, because of how much I enjoy it. Yeah, and I would say like, you're not the only one. I mean, there's people that, we actually had a lady, she came in from uh, St. Lucia this this week. We've had people come in from Barbados. They come in all the time because we're like the closest office that does this. And uh, one lady, she came in from Barbados. This was maybe a few months ago. She came in, she had trigeminal neuralgia. It's like one of the worst pains you could probably ever imagine. I don't think I ever told you this story. She had this pain that shot across her face. It goes into her jaw. It goes right across the face here and right across the top of her face. 
And it's like the most agonizing pain you could ever imagine. They call it the suicide disorder because of how bad it is. And she said she hasn't danced, she hasn't laughed, she hasn't smiled in over five years. How old is this lady? She was like 40. Got it. She went to neurologists, she went to ortho, she went to everybody. She got MRIs, she got MRAs, she got everything you can imagine trying to find what the problem was. And it was this artery that was like putting pressure on the nerve interface. And it was an area that they couldn't really work on. So they knew that the artery was what's causing it, but there was just, it was too close to the face. They couldn't really work on it without causing more complications. Exactly. So we found that she had a stress on the nerve that went to that artery and that it was causing too much dilation of that artery and it was putting pressure on the nerve. When we looked at her, she had like 10 degrees of head tilt. Like it looked like her ear was almost on her shoulder. That's, and she was stuck in that position. We took that x-ray, we adjusted her, and she immediately, like her head, just came back to a normal position, and she started crying. And I was like, what's going on? I thought I did something wrong. <laughs> we were like, and she said, it's, it's gone. And for five years, she had that pain in her face, and it was just, just like that, like it was gone. And she was sitting back, she was going to get her x-ray so that we could measure the change, and she was laughing. And she said, this is the first time that I've laughed in five years. And like that stuff, that's, that's why I do it. It's so cool. When you hear stuff, it's, it's, you're almost like, what's really going on behind the scenes? So what exactly happened there? So the, the neck just all, why is it that just that simple adjustment in the neck is able to make such a difference? It's just really like that control center because your brainstem controls everything in your body. It controls your blood pressure, your heart rate, your energy levels, your sleep patterns, your hormone exchange. So by restoring balance in that area, you can restore proper flow of nerves to every part of your body. And then things are just going to balance the way that they're meant to. And I can't, I could never tell that lady that her trigeminal neuralgia is going to go away, but I can tell her that I can get the stress off of that area. And then her body is going to be able to heal itself. That's something that you're really fascinated about in terms of the human body. And that's something that we want to turn this podcast into something talking about is about how beautiful the human body is and how if you allow the human body to work itself and do what it's supposed to do, event, we'll keep this here in case we want to match this fire. But if you allow the human body to do what it's supposed to do, which is if you can put the body in its right position, it's going to work but you have to let the body work. So something that I think is interesting is that when I lay on your table, you look at how like basically the, the length of my body and you typically sometimes find if I don't get adjusted too often that I have maybe a half an inch or an inch difference in my feet. So literally like one foot's longer than the other. And then you go up to me and you adjust my atlas, you move something in my neck and then you readjust me and I'm longer. That blows my mind. What's going on there? So you have your whole spinal cord is encased in the bones. So you have all the vertebrae in your spine. There's 33 vertebrae. Not all of them are movable because you have your sacrum in there. And what happens is those bones, they can shift out of alignment. But when the atlas shifts out of alignment, it actually creates torsion or tension on your whole spinal cord. So that tension will be all the way down your entire spinal cord, all the way down to even your sacrum. So if you have a misalignment in your neck, 
it can actually create pain in your back. When we align the atlas, it'll actually take that torsion or that tension out of the spinal cord and it'll restore balance all the way through the whole spine, all the way down to even your low back. It takes out that contraction or that pull that you see in your leg, like when I check it and it's like a half inch or a quarter inch short. That's because of the contraction or the pull on your spinal cord. So we're taking the tension out of your spinal cord. So it can literally, it's not just a neck adjustment or a back adjustment. It's restoring proper flow and proper function to your entire central nervous system. That's virtually what we're doing. Something I found interesting with my whole issue with having the tumor in my leg is that I had a bulging disc. It was a six millimeter bulging disc. And then after doing a bunch of therapy, it went from six millimeters to two to three millimeters. I found it interesting that a lot of people today have bulging discs and they don't know it. Meaning that bulging discs and herniated discs sometimes aren't the worst things in the world. Most people, most people have them and they don't know they have them. It's until that herniation pinches the nerve and causes insane sciatica and sciatica. I mean, it's not as bad as the one you just talked about in the face, but it's one of like the top 20 worst pains ever when you just have sciatic pain and it immobilizes you. It becomes crazy. Talk to me about bulging discs and herniated discs and how they affect the stuff you do. Yeah, so most disc problems happen from some sort of a physical trauma. So it could be like a car accident when you're like 16, right? Or 15 or when you're 12, like you have a car accident and then you don't really think about it because you're 16 and you don't feel that. But a lot of the research actually says like all those problems happen anywhere from like 7 to 17 years later. That's when you actually notice that there's a problem because... You have those bones that are shifted <clears throat> during the accident and it'll start to compress that disc, but it's just a disease process. Like disease takes time. Like you don't get heart disease in a day. Like it takes 15, maybe 20 years for that actually to develop. It's the same thing with the disc. When you have stress on the disc, it takes time. It takes anywhere from 10 to 15 years till you actually feel something. And then once you feel it, it's already to the point where the disc has been broken down for 15 years and then you got to work to get it corrected. That's so interesting. And you never change until you start feeling pain. And that's the issue that is very hard to adjust because just like with alcohol, we don't change until we get the worst hangover of our lives and then we finally change, you know, and it happens. And with health, we typically don't change our eating habits. And so we have a terrible disease hit us. We don't change our smoking habits until you have a lung cancer, unfortunately. Yeah. Creating this, I really want this podcast to teach people what can people be doing and thinking about to avoid a lot of these situations that even if you're myself about to be 29, that when I'm 45 and 50, I'm addressing them now. Like the simple alignment in my back, not having the pinched, like the pinched stuff. I used to have this like feeling in my butt. Now I can work out and feel fine. You know, I'm out here squatting, baby. I feel fantastic. But that little change did so much wonders to me. And I remember you were telling me the story about the, the woman uh, or the kid with seizures yeah. and what you were doing with the neck. This, this one blows my mind. Can you tell us that story? Yeah, sure, sure. And I'll get back to what you were saying. It's like, it's really important. I think people miss that. You are very different than most people with your health. And like, you take care of yourself and you do things and it was because you were in a bad situation and you had to, but that's what most people do. They just wait until it's bad enough and then they have to do something. 
But uh, the kid with the seizures, he was getting maybe one to two seizures a day. They would last anywhere from like five minutes, six minutes, something like that. And he had to take a medication. If he didn't take the medication, they would just last for the five or six minutes. I don't know if you've ever seen somebody have a seizure, but five or six minutes having a seizure, that's insanity. That's... That they foam up in the mouth and... It's bad. And his mom was the one that had to take care of him. This guy, I mean, he's 20, he's like over two, he's like 25. So it's not like he's a young kid and she can like hold him. This is a big... And the issue dude. with seizures is they can happen at any time, at any place, yeah, anywhere. very random. So he can't work. He can't... He just can't live a normal life. He can't go to school. He can't work. He can't do what you and I could do. He couldn't sit here and do this podcast because you could have a seizure in the middle of it. And he's a big dude. He's like over six foot and he's big. So like if he drops and he starts having a seizure, like that's hard for his mom to hold him. Like it was, it was intense. And he was having like one to two of these a day. Every doctor that he went to, he went to a neurologist, he went to like everybody. He was taking pills. He was doing all this stuff. He was working with somebody for over five years to try to figure this out no changes at all he just had him every day we adjusted him after the first time we adjusted him he uh he didn't have a seizure for a week <laughs> it was just one adjustment and this isn't this is a, like one of those miracle stories we have a bunch of those most people have to like work and it takes time but he just like stopped having them for a week and the adjustment in the neck yep and then he had one he got adjusted and then he didn't have one again for a month a month. <laughs> a month. And then he got adjusted again. And he went 33 days. It was like the longest he ever went without having a seizure. It was incredible. And he still, to this day, hasn't had... Now he hasn't had a seizure. So he feels like he can have a normal life because of a misalignment in his neck. I hope this goes out to anybody that knows somebody that might be having this situation. Listen. I'm not here to say make medical claims. Neither of us are, right? But the reality is, is that when you're in pain and you have a terrible thing, you can't just accept the situation for what it is. And most pe people do that, especially if someone gives you a doctor diagnosis, you, it's so final, right? Yeah. Like That's you, like telling somebody you're going to, you're going to die in a year because you have cancer. Right. And if you're you, the, if you believe the, that, like you're going to die in a year and there's nothing you can really do about it. But if you take ownership and you say that guy's doesn't know what he's talking about he doesn't know what my body's capable of because he doesn't doctors don't know they can't say like i couldn't tell that kid that his seizures were going to go away like i couldn't tell that lady that her trigeminal neurologist is going to go away i couldn't tell you your back pain was going to go away but i knew that there was a stress on there and i could remove it and then your body is incredible your body's amazing like think about how your body was created you have these two cells, right? Like a sperm and an egg cell, they come together, they form this really special type of cell and it divides into these bunch of, they're like stem cells and they have to become you. In nine months, you're like a living, breathing, pooping baby. <laughs> you have your heart, you have your lungs, you have your fingers, your eyes, your nose, and everything's in the right place. And then the brain and the spinal cord, they're like the orchestrator. They, they tell all those cells what to become and how to become those things and where to go and how to function. And that intelligence that's in your body that created you, it's still inside you. Like it doesn't go anywhere. It's not like it's just taking a break. It's that that intelligence gets interfered with. 
And then we remove that interference so that way your body can do what it's meant to do. Like your body's self-healing, it's self-regulating. It does heal itself. Like I don't heal you. I can't fix anything. I can remove the stress from your body. And that's something that you said from the beginning. I can't make any promises, but what I can promise is that we can remove those stress. And there's people right now that have stress. And it's interesting because when you adjust my atlas, like half my face goes red. What's going on there? So uh, there's a guy that just did a research study on this and he looked at MRIs and MRAs and he was looking at like the blood flow around the brain before and after an adjustment. They also looked at like the cerebrospinal fluid flow around the brain. It's this like protective fluid around the brain. And when your atlas goes out of alignment, it blocks blood flow to your brain on one side. What's the difference between an MRI and an MRA? Uh, MRI is more of like an imaging of like the soft tissue. The MRA is actually looking at like the arteries. So like the blood flow. MRI won't really show blood flow. MRA will show blood flow. So they did this before an adjustment, showed that they had a misalignment through x-ray analysis. You could actually see there wasn't proper blood flow to the brain. And then immediately after the adjustment, the blood flow restored. There's like this circle, it's called the circle willis. And all the arteries that run out, they have to supply the blood with brain or uh, the brain with blood. And when you have that compression, you can't get proper blood flow to your brain. So you're not getting like the right nutrients to your brain. And on top of that, you have like this fluid that flows around your brain that's supposed to protect it. And if the fluid's going through too fast on one side, it's like turbulent flow. It's kind of like putting your finger on a hose. You know what I'm talking about? Like you put a finger on your yeah. hose, it comes out really fast. Yeah. If you do that on one side of your neck, because the eye is out of alignment, that fluid can actually hit your brain. So it can like hit into your brain over and over and over again for years and years and years. It causes a little micro damage to your brain. And they're finding that like a lot of people with like Alzheimer's, dementia, um, MS, that that could be potentially the cause of a lot of those neurodegenerative diseases. And that's why people with those conditions, they do so well when they get adjusted because we're restoring that flow around the brain. I mean, when you say that sounds so simple to me, right? If there's the, the brain, and before I talked to you, I didn't really ever take a second to think about this, but our entire bodies are controlled by our brains. We can live without our arms and our legs and, but you can't live without your head, right? And there's this, the neck is such a pivotal part of the body that you mentioned that you also don't like, like you don't recommend getting neck massages. Yeah. I mean, if you're like, if you have a neck problem, like think about if you had like a brain problem, like you have like a brain tumor, like you wouldn't go to a general surgeon, right? Like a guy that does heart surgeries, knee surgeries, he does, he'll take out like a gallbladder. And every once in a while, he'll work on the brain. Like, you don't want that guy working on your brain to remove a tumor. Like, you want the guy that's done thousands of brain surgeries, and he could probably do it with his eyes closed if you really wanted to. Like, that's what you want. Like, you don't want somebody that's working on, I mean, 
you just don't want somebody that's like. But what you're so saying is general that is that by working s- on your body. But somebody working on your body to them, it's just you're massaging the neck. It's like mm, it's fantastic. Everyone likes a nice neck massage. Feels good. But you're saying because of those atlas and those bones, they're so gentle that you should refrain from having your neck particularly massaged. Or if you do, be freaking gentle. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, I mean. Uh, I love other chiropractors and like they're amazing and the stuff they do to help people is great, but there is a more specific way to do it. It's just like I was talking about like a general surgeon, they can do it. Like they could take out a brain tumor, but it's not going to be as elegant. Like it's not going to be as precise. And what we're doing here is just like the most precise adjustment that you could possibly do for the upper neck and for the bones that surround your brainstem. So you don't just really want anybody doing that. I, I, I'm skeptical sometimes even when people have like complex conditions to just have them get their neck adjusted without having like very specialized x-rays and have like a expert really look at that. Like we've seen over, over 15,000 people through this facility now and we've worked with all of them to restore proper function. Like it's, you know, it's just a different, it's a different level. Like it's not... It's not getting your neck massaged by somebody that's had a weekend seminar about how to massage somebody. Well, when I had the tumor removed, I had to have a neurosurgeon do it. And I was thinking neurosurgeons for brain tumors. And that's what he does, right? But he says because the tumor was growing on the sciatic nerve, they needed somebody that really knew nerves. Otherwise, like one miscut and I wouldn't be able to walk. Exactly. Yeah. Which is interesting. Yeah. You don't want like just a random surgeon going in there and taking the a tumor off of your nerve like you need somebody specialized to do well i have this friend and i I talked to her and i said to her about the story with the seizures she has a son uh she has a daughter that has had seizures her whole life and it's you know broken her heart a hundred times and they've done and spent hundreds of thousands of dollars trying to figure out therapies and this and that but this type of thing is very new now don't get me wrong not making medical claims but if i'm in that situation i'm trying everything i can And if you're hearing these stories that a simple neck alignment, which makes sense, your body's one giant, you know, water hose. And if there's a clinchness or like an impingement on the right side of your neck, you're not getting blood flow all here. It's like a plant. If the plant doesn't have water, it's not going to grow. If your brain doesn't have blood, it's not going to distribute and allow the neurons and that beautiful, you know, thing we got going on inside of our DNA to do its job. Everyone needs to hear about this stuff. Everyone needs to try and do it because they don't know. It's interesting because Chase brings his parents to see you. He brings his friends. He tells everybody because, and I'm telling everyone that they should do it too. I'm a product of my experience. I've experienced something different. I think more people need to do what you guys are doing with the simple neck massages. And I think more people need to feel how amazing it feels when your body's working. Absolutely. I mean... I wish more people did know about it and I wish more chiropractors did it. It's just, it's, it's pretty complex to actually do the, the adjustment. But I mean, I don't know how you could go through your whole life and never get your spine checked. Like, you, I couldn't. you got this little beautiful baby and, and you're uh, adjusting her too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I couldn't live without it. Like I, f- I check my baby as soon as she's born. Well, I wasn't able to check her like, as soon as she was born because she, uh, she was born really, really small. And you have to be like really careful for that first week. But uh, yeah, I mean, I check my my baby, I check my wife, like my whole family's checked in, in Jersey. 
my uh I told you I never told you the story about my nephew. No. So he um basically my whole family is under chiropractic care. My mom's been under chiropractic care since like I was born. So I was actually adjusted while I was in her womb. Like that's how long I've been under chiropractic care. And for her, like she cleans houses. Like we didn't have a lot of money growing up or anything like that. And she she just cleaned houses and she would work her butt off every day and she would go to the chiropractor and she'd like be better. And I always wanted to learn like what that guy did to help her and how he was able to do it. And that's kind of what led me into this path. And then I had all my own injuries and I beat myself up as a kid. Well, you are a savage. Even now, you, you send it. You sent it off the roof the other day and I was like, that man is a legend. <laughs> I'm like, my chiropractor wouldn't approve of this. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of what led me into it. And then there's a situation with my nephew. He was in the hospital and he was born and he was fine. And then like maybe an hour after he was born, he just, like, just stopped breathing. Like he immediately stopped breathing. He turned blue. Um, my, my brother was sitting there with him and he like rushed out to try to go grab somebody and he couldn't like find any doctor. So like he finally like started like pounding on doors, trying to find somebody, finally got a doctor. They ran into the room, all the nurses, like sirens went off. They call it cold blue. They start trying to revive him and they can't get him back. They end up putting like a tube down his throat, like an intubation. They intubate him. And finally he came back, but you know, like you put the pulse ox thing on your finger mm -hmm. and you're supposed to be like right around 98, 99, a hundred. He was at 50 and they're pumping a hundred percent oxygen into his lungs. Like that's dangerous. Like not good. Like if you stay at 50 for too long, like you could, you can die. And he was in the NICU. It's like the neonatal intensive care unit. And they're running all these tests trying to find out what's going on. They're doing like blood tests. They're looking at his heart. They're trying to find something to treat, like the actual problem. And they can't find anything. Like nothing's wrong. All the blood tests came back normal. All the EKGs, they were trying to find the holes in the heart, nothing. And basically like they just told them like, we can't find a problem to treat. We don't know what to do. And he's like, do we have to go to another hospital? Or are we going to go find somebody that can help him? And they're like, we have all the same tests that they have there. Like, he might not make it. And you might want to spend the time that you have with him. So my brother, he called me. And he's like, well, what do I do? Because I'm like the only doctor that he knows. So he calls me and tells me what's going on. And, you know, like, I don't know what to do. But I'm just saying, like, did they check? blood they check his heart did they check his lungs did they check like everything i'm like googling trying to find something where that's happening this before. is all happening in real time and you're stop everything and you're just trying yeah, to figure was, it out i was in practice i was here people were out on tables and he texted me and said or he called me and said this he never calls me he's frantic yeah he's freaking out and uh so i'm trying to figure out an answer and then I don't know. I was just like, just send me a picture of him like i just gotta see him because the first thing you do as a doctor you just gotta look at a patient and try to see what's going on with them and I looked at him and you could just see he's like curled up he was like 
blue and red and white. And the first thing I noticed though, his neck was cranked so far to one side, like it looked like a like a towel was running out. Like the the skin on his neck was like completely twisted. So his head was all the way to one side. And I just said, Jay, like, take Cash's head and just try to turn it and just see if you can move, see if you can move his head. And he went to move it. And he's like, I can't move it. And I was like, like, really try to, like, move his head. And he's like, I can't, I can't budget. Like, there's no way I can move his head. Wow. So it was locked. Yeah, it was locked. And this is like a little baby. You know what I mean? Like a full grown man should be able to turn a baby's head. Like, obviously something's wrong with his neck. So um, they're up in Jersey. So I'm down here in Florida. Like I was about to go hop on a flight and get up there. I was talking to one of the other doctors here and he's like, by the time you get up there, like visiting hours are probably going to be over and you might not make it in time. Like he might not be there to take care of him. Like we got to find somebody to go now. So he calls a couple of people. The first guy I call was just like some random. You just called a random chiropractor? Like near the hospital. And I told him what was going on. I was like, it's my nephew. Like, maybe you can go over and check him and, like, see if there's anything that you can do. And he's like, I'll go right now. Tell him Uncle John's coming. And I was like, what? So, like, the and the culture in chiropractic, like, is incredible. Like, we're all there for each other, which is really just great. He actually takes care of my whole family now. <laughs> but he left his practice. He was like, everybody reschedule for tomorrow. I got to go take care of a baby. See you guys later. And he walked out the door, he went to the hospital, and he went in as Uncle John, because you can't, like, go into a neonatal intensive care unit as a chiropractor and adjust the baby. It's just not, like, okay. So he goes in with my brother, and he checks him. He's out. We were talking about the leg. He was, like, an inch out. It was, like, a little baby, an inch out in his leg. He adjusts him, uh, puts his hand, like, right on the base of his neck. And you imagine, like, how light we are with you. Like with a baby, it's so light. As he just put a little bit of pressure on the base of his neck, my brother said like his whole body just relaxed. Like all that spasm that was stuck in his body just totally relaxed. And he said on his oxygen monitor, he went from like 50 to like 60. And he left because he was like in alignment. He went away for an hour. He went back upstairs, checked mom, because mom just like had been through so much. This guy's incredible. He went up, checked mom, adjusted her, came back down. He came back down every hour, went into the NICU, adjusted him. Adjusted the baby continuously every hour. Yeah. Every time he was out of alignment, he would adjust him. Every time he was in alignment, he'd just leave him alone. But every single time he adjusted him, my brother said he went up like five points. I got there like the next day. Kept adjusting him. Um, were the other doctors aware at this time? No, they had no idea. They were like, oh, he's doing better. He's doing better. They just had no clue why it was happening. We weren't going to like But Uncle Jay's just coming down like low key. Yeah. He just like could sneak in and adjust him. And uh, yeah, they were like, by the end of it, they were like, oh, it's a miracle. Like, we didn't think he was going to make it, but now he made it. Must have been something we did. I don't know. <laughs> so he, uh, next day I get there I'm adjusting him he's able to hold the adjustments for like three four hours so the guy left got some sleep I got there started adjusting him we kept going his oxygen would just go up every single time um by like the end of two days his oxygen was like re-regulated and he got to the hospital and he's he 
is a lot. And I think that's why I became a chiropractor. How long ago was that? That was uh, a year and a half ago. So you saved his life? I mean, chiropractic thing. Chiropractic care saved his life. Yeah. But you were able to help someone on the other side of the U.S. or wherever you were. Yeah. The fact was is that they were on these tests, but mod- me- normal medicine doesn't look at spinal alignment. It's not a normal thing. No, they don't. Why do you think that it's not? Like, why do you think that after, because you hear a story like this, I'm sure that after someone hears a story, most doctors are good people. Yeah. The, the system is not as good, right? Sure. But most doctors are good-minded people, Absolutely. but they treat things with pills and medicine, right? That's how they treat things. Very little do they treat things with nutrition. I don't think that's a problem because of people and them being bad. It's just the system. The system is indoctrinated into doing that, yeah. right? Absolutely. But then people look at chiropractors and naturopaths, like a lot of doctors, as wahoos, right? Like, oh, yeah, you're going to fix it with that? Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, seriously, what? What's going on? Yeah. But it's just the system we live in. But these other people, these wahoos, might have something. You know, people that do uh, the needle therapy. What is that called? Uh, dry needle? Yeah, you know, I don't know why. Uh, like cortisone shots? No, no, no. Like the needles, like... like Chinese medicine with uh, acupuncture. Acupuncture. Yeah, gotcha. yeah, yeah. Okay. So people like I did acupuncture once, but I, I did, did it once. What'd you think? Uh it was it was okay. She just kinda like kept stabbing me with needles and my back was spasming. And then she was like I'm sure there's like great acupuncturists out there. I just didn't have the best experience with it. She just kept sticking needles in my back and like my back spasming and she's like I'm like my, she's she actually like saw me convulsing and she's like because you're not relaxing, relaxing, she's like smacking in the back. Well, it's interesting because there's these different therapies and yeah. I did I did that once, yeah, by the sure, way, sure. and it didn't help me. But the point is, is that yeah. it could help. Sure. And no, I mean, there's a lot of good stuff out there. I think like what you were just talking about, though, like think about how the systems were created, like the actual medical systems and how the chiropractic system was created. Do you know like any of the stuff, like the old old stories and so like you had like the Rockefellers and the Rockefellers are who actually created the medical system they're the ones that created the medical schools they're the ones that created the accreditations for these schools they're the ones that helped to develop the pharmaceutical companies but um, Rockefellers they're great people to do all this stuff but they were making a lot of lot of money off this stuff and anything that challenge that challenge their way or their system like you're talking about they wanted to get rid of it like there's chiropractors back in like the early 1900s they actually were at a point where they were trying to stop them from practicing they said you're practicing medicine without a license like you can't do that and they're like we're not practicing medicine because we're not giving anybody medicine and we're not doing anything medically we're just allowing the body to work the way that it's meant to and they actually kept practicing because they knew people needed it. And they were like, you can keep practicing, but we're going to bring you to jail. And they were like, bring me to jail. I'll just be people in jail. So they literally came, arrested chiropractors in their office, brought them to jail. And then they have pictures of them in jail cells adjusting people. <laughs> because they knew in their heart that it was the right thing to do for people, even though the system didn't agree with it. Like, I'm incredibly privileged to like, have people like they would back then they would never sit in a podcast or like on a radio station and talk to a chiropractor because they were quacks like they thought what they were doing was just 
garbage. And I think they were more like, I think they were afraid of it. Because it's like, what if it actually works? Then our method is not going to be used as much. And then we're not going to profit as much off of it. Yeah. So I think that's, like, we're, we're all indoctrinated. Like, I was when I was a kid. Like, you get sick, you go to the doctor. Like, you have pain, you take a pill. You have anxiety, you take an anxiety medication. You have sleep problems, you take a sleep pill. It's not like there's anything wrong with that because it's what we've all been taught. But it's just not actually, like, correcting the problem. Well, the big thing is when growing up with the food and the food we eat. And a lot of times we're eating food that's terrible for us, right? Like we grew up in our, our families, they didn't know about nutrition at the time. No one really did because their studies weren't there. So, you know, we're growing up on bagel bites and bagel bites are fire, you know, Krispy Kreme donuts, all the cereals and all the stuff with high fructose corn syrup. And then the studies come out that it's terrible for us. And then whole foods arises and whole food starts blowing up because people realize food is thy medicine, right? Because of the SIBO issue, I stopped taking ibuprofen, aspirin. I don't like taking any pill if I don't have to because of these same things. They can cause these problems, but at the same time, there is also, I, I get in arguments with my brother and we're both right, but because he's a, he's a general surgeon. So sometimes I'll be looking, he's in his fourth year now. Um, so he's, he's almost there, right? But um Sometimes I'd be something he he would catch himself just being like, oh yeah, you know, like, like basically like you you idiot, like what are you talking about? And then I would come back at him like, no, you're the idiot because there's so many people out there that don't go to people like you because the people like you don't give them the answers. You just call them crazy and they leave. And then he get angry and back. And at the end of it, he's always like, I'm sorry, and I'm like, I'm sorry. Like we're just we fight like brothers. But the point is, is that. People, like you said, they get the cancer diagnosis and someone says, look at your life's going to end because based on the problem in statistics, it might be, but you can change. You can, the power of, of belief and, and putting, I just saw this, uh, my other chiropractor friend, Mike, uh, who you've talked on FaceTime the other day, he posed and he's been amazing. He's helped transform my health. He's like my like stomach doctor and, and naturopath. Uh, he was saying that when a fish is sick, you don't treat the fish with medicine. You fish the you, you treat the fish by cleaning the water and cleaning the temperature in the tank, right? Now, with that said, I do know fish. There is such thing as ick, and you can treat fish with medication. But the point is, is clear out the systems. A lot of times with SIBO and the gut health thing, it's because you have a buildup of bacteria and pathogens in your intestines. A lot of stomach issues, if you just clear it out, which is what the elemental diet does, things can change. Our, our buddy Chase right now has been having a lot of stomach issues. Remember him telling you that? Yeah, I remember you shared with him. So I just got him on the elemental mm -hmm. diet. It's been four or five days and he's having amazing results. He says yeah. he feels amazing. Absolutely. And what the he's elemental- told, He told me about it. What the elemental yeah. diet's doing is it's just allowing you to let your body rest. And that's the whole thing. Like your body's capable of just about anything. You just have to get it working right. And that's, that's all that I think- people should do first. Like you shouldn't have to take a medication first. You should make sure that your body's working at a hundred percent, that you're putting the right food into it, that you're moving it properly, that the frameworks, that the nerves can transmit signals correctly and that your body can actually function properly. And then if whatever disease or disease process is going on in your body is not resolved, then maybe you need a medication. But if you're not trying those and I don't even want to say natural ways. It's just like 
you're just getting your body to work right and you're giving your body the right things and it tends to work better. Like I think probably, and you know, this is not in like a research article or anything like that, but think about how many people have heart disease. Think about how many people have diabetes and cancer and like if everybody in the world just drank half their body weight in, in ounces of water and they exercised three days a week and they got adjusted and they stretched daily. Like I think probably like 70 to 80% of all the problems that are happening in people's lives, like they'd be gone. Like disease would, a lot of it would be gone. And that's, that's the thing that is scary about like our culture, our system, like the way that it's set up. It's like, you can get a Krispy Kreme donut right now for getting a vaccine. That's a government thing? Why? Like, you know that donuts and, like, Krispy Kremes and stuff, like, delicious, by the way. Especially when they're, like, really, really warm. Oh, yeah, they're insane. But, like, people that don't understand anything about health are being told by our, you know, Healthcare system. system. That you can get a donut, you can get a beer, you can get a shot. Like, you can actually get the stuff for getting a vaccine right now. It's just, like, that doesn't make people healthier. Tell them what health is. Like, they're not talking about... How do you actually get rid of these underlying conditions so that way you're not a victim? Like, we know that's what creates these problems. Because there's people, like, that were, uh, this is, like, also relevant right now. There's so many people that were just, like, carriers, right? Like, they didn't actually have any symptoms of the virus, but the virus was in their body. And the reason for that is because their body was just stronger. Like their body was able to take that virus in and, and adapt. And there were so many people that like had terrible things to their family about it and not downplaying the virus at all. But if they had an underlying condition, then they were more vulnerable. The people that were super healthy, like a couple of them were affected for sure, but they were less likely to like die from the virus because mm. They didn't have those underlying conditions. And as opposed to telling somebody, like, make sure you're eating the right food, make sure you're exercising, make sure you're doing the right things for your body, getting the right amount of water, then you won't have those underlying conditions. And if you get this virus or you get a disease or anything in your body, then you'll be safer. Instead, we're giving them Krispy Kreme donuts. Well, what I don't understand is about people's intuition. Uh, Sometimes you, people say, wow, you know, do people tell me why wow, you take care of yourself? Like you said that today. Mm-hmm. I take care of myself because when I have a huge hangover, I feel like shit, you know? Yeah. With that said, I still drink from time to time and I enjoy myself, but like, I don't, like I can put down a shot. Yeah, I can literally tell someone in the face, no, I'm not doing this because I know how bad it's going to make me feel because I got older and I realized the repercussions. Why don't people feel that with their health? When they look in the mirror and they don't like who they see, why don't they change that? Obviously, there's a lot of deep down, there's traumas, emotional things, comfort food, people don't like change. But it does blow my mind why more people don't get fascinated in taking care of themselves. Like we are in one body in a giant planet in the middle of time and space. It's all a giant mess. Life's a mess. People are like, I have anxiety. No shit, you have anxiety. Everything about living is an anxiety storm, you know? Absolutely. And you're not going to take care of your body. You're not going to just attempt to be healthier and make healthier decisions. 
I get it. I love chocolate chip cookies and I love blueberry muffins and I eat them both whenever I can for the most part. But at the same time, it's all about balance. You can have all the best things you want as long as you're like 75% of the time healthy and your body's built to be able to dispose of toxins. But all if you ever do is just feed it toxins, you're going to feel like crap. Yeah. And I, it, this has been on my mind because I'm looking to turn damn good day into this amazing, um, uh, well, I'll be kind of presenting what it's, what it's going to turn into shortly, but basically to run a company, you need to be healthy. Yeah. And I absolutely. remember when I was real sick with Saibo, I remember being so upset because I was doing this podcast and working full time and I was just so sick and I felt like crap and my digestion was a nightmare. My eyes were crazy. And I kept, one of the things that made me most upset was the fact that I wasn't healthy enough to do the things I wanted to do. Like Chase, we saw that in him just the other day. He was upset. He's trying to launch this music career, but his body's not letting him do that. Yeah. You have to be healthy if you are going to run a business. Absolutely. Because you can't just be sick all the time when people are relying on you. No. You have to be in your field. You need to be healthy. You have clients that come in on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So you can't just be like, you know what? I want to take a break. You can yeah, because you have a, off. You but it's tough. It's yeah. tough. It is a big ripple effect. My doctor, Dr. Wu, who helped with my eyes, if I schedule three months out and I'm planning to see her, she can't just take a sick day. No. It screws up everything. Absolutely. You need to optimize for health. So if you want to be successful and you want to be a hustler, you got to get the health right. You need to. Absolutely. Unless you just smash it on crypto and you're just, you know, beasting. Dogecoin. Just Respect. Invest in Dogecoin. Yeah. Invest in Dogecoin. I got but, destroyed uh, by Ethereum, by the way, when the, the whole crypto thing came through. Yeah. I just made a really bad decision. I, I, uh, I realized that with financials, yeah. I understand index funds very, very well. I understand yeah. how that system works. Uh, and I also am excited. I just closed on my house. So I'm excited. I know. Congratulations, man. So I'm getting That's into really real estate diversification. Really yeah. stoked. That's great. But uh, I realized with like crypto, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I think a lot of people listening don't know what the hell they're doing. They're yeah. just stoked on, you know, Doge and GMC and yeah. whatever you're going to do. Right. Yeah. Um, so it was a big uh, learning of being like, hey, look, here's this new thing that I think is going to take over. I think crypto is never going anywhere. Yeah. I think that it's this decentralized way of doing Currency is insane. Um, all you need is connection to internet, not financial institutions. I think yeah. it's beautiful and it's I'm learning smart. I'm learning a lot more about it. But so, the point is, is that you got to learn what you're doing. You can't just make blind guesses. No, and I not. did that recently. Obviously, you don't lose until you sell, right? Yeah. So everyone got demolished in crypto. If yeah. you had crypto, you were crying two weeks ago. Yeah, absolutely. But you got to keep learning and you got to start growing. making more educated decisions and understand what you can invest in volatility and try your best to learn. Sure. That was just a rant, like, but yeah, it's like, but everybody invests in like all these different things, but they don't, they don't invest in their health. It's like, they'll spend, you know, four grand on a roof or they'll like spend, you know, put four grand into crypto, but they won't spend four grand on their health. It's like, why, why? Like you have, like you said, this one body that you have to live in forever. People that don't have health insurance, bro. Like you're not going to pay for, like at most for like the most expensive plan, like yeah. 600 bucks a month. That's like the most expensive plan you're going to find. Yeah. You're not going to pay $600 a month to make to sure have health insurance. Yeah. It's crazy. But you're going to spend six, like 1400 a month on a rent. Yep. I'd rather exactly. live in a box, but have health insurance. Exactly. Like if you don't have your health, like you don't have anything. It's like you could live in a nice house, but if you don't live in a body that functions properly, it's like, what's, 
what's the point of having all the nice stuff you can't use it like most people get to like retirement and yeah they saved a bunch of money and they invested in crypto and they did all this stuff but then they get to like 60 and they can barely walk like we see it all the time like all these people that have like they're really well off and they're doing great and they're fantastic but they can barely walk it's like what's the point like why why didn't you take care of yourself the whole time that you were doing all that stuff like it's just and then you think about running a family and you think about being grandparents and it's like what's the yeah. point of being a dad if you can't play with your kid right it's a whole it's a whole fun and the whole thing like i have luna like i want to be able to do like i want to be able to like show her up and like show up her friends like when i want to be doing like backflips on wakeboards when i'm when she's like <laughs> so well. yeah <laughs> i will because i mean it's just something that i want to do my my goal and is to be like 90 94 and do a backflip off a cliff like why I don't, I don't understand like people could do that stuff like they could hike when they're 90 they could hike when they're 94 they could be with their kids or their great grandkids and doing these things but they don't invest in their health now they don't take the time now to do the things that they need to to make sure that they'll be able to do that they're not thinking long-term strategy or long-term investment strategies for their health they're thinking about long-term investment strategies for financial purposes well, let's think about that that's such a great point it, it massage like just don't massage your neck but getting back massages Absolutely. investing in your health like i just recently well it hasn't came in yet but i'm getting a sauna um, shout out randy gom from infrared health saunas appreciate you um but getting a sauna and, and sweating out and doing these little things to take care of your body yeah. it's huge i mean i get a massage once a week like Remember, I'm sorry, not once a week, like once or twice a month. Like there's a lot of things that you could do to help yourself. It's interesting because that's like ingrained in your family culture. Yeah. But in, it's hard to get a new trend in a, in a culture. Sure. Like a family that pushes you to not do things. Because that, that happens around us all the time. Yeah. It's like when someone starts a business, they're like, what are you doing? You crazy? You know, go get a job. Right. Absolutely. But if you're in a culture of entrepreneurs, it's like, congratulations, let's go, go, go. Mm -hmm where you're born is a big determinant of how where you're born and how you're born is a big determinant of, of what you think about today thank you for listening to another episode remember hope is not a strategy keep making moves till next time peace